Welcome back to the Declaration Podcast. My name is Ty DeClaire, and I am so grateful for you tuning in today. Like to thank Patreon over in the squad. We got Matt Nafe at Matt Nafe. Thank you so much. Over in the Angels, we have Chris Pierce at Chris Pierce 103. 25% of the bottled water is actually municipal tap water. So if you like tap water, lose the plastic bottle, save the environment. Mason Tim at the Bearded Bear 95 and Boyan Antonoff at Boyan V Antonoff. If you want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash the declaration online. And since it is November, every dollar that goes to Patreon will be doubled and will be contributed to Matt Mason and Boyan's Movember account. Um, if you want to donate directly to them, I will leave a link in the show. If you want your donation to go twice as far, support it over at Patreon. In the mental health check, in the mental health check, for the mental health check this week, uh, it's been quite an anxious week, to be honest. I had a, uh, a very busy week at work, and I'm still adjusting to the workload It's been uh, a bit of a trying time. I feel myself just in rush, 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 rush mode. And when I get home, I find myself trying to just sit and do nothing. And then I go to bed and then my mind is racing with just stuff from work. And I find it hard to fall asleep. Once I'm falling asleep, I'm still thinking about work. When I wake up in the morning, I'm still thinking about work. Like, thankfully, the work's not bad, but that's not work-life balance at all, and that's not repeatable. So I'm trying to find ways to work around that, and on Thursday, I got home from work, and I was I was, I was, was kind of tired of it. I definitely had a, a rush, rush, rush type of day that ended in me not uh, doing my work well because of it, and I was like, I got to find a change, and then I took a, bi- a big, deep breath as I was walking home, and I just remembered... I could, I could meditate and oh my goodness. Yes. Slow down. Take a breath. Just focus on your breath and let everything else just fall by the wayside. You don't have to let these thoughts run your life. You can listen to your breathing and just slow down. And simply by taking that deep breath in and that deep breath out and just thinking like, this breath, this moment, I found my anxiety levels did drop. Now, obviously, you know, anxiety comes and goes and I'm not, it's not perfect yet, but it was the first step in the direction towards building some sort of a routine that works. And so over this next week, I am going to be focusing more on meditation. And another thing that I've seen kind of drop off is my physical activity. I, uh, I went for a run like not this Wednesday, like not, not this week, not last week, but like the week before I went for a run. And I think that was the last time I really sweat. So this week I am making a vow to all of my declaration podcast listeners that I will break a sweat every day this week. Longtime listeners of the declaration podcast will remember the declaration challenge in January where I broke a sweat every day in January with a couple of you listeners Um, I think we'll bring that back next year. So uh, stay tuned for that. But this week we're going declaration challenge style. I'm breaking a sweat every day as a reminder that it is a great stress reliever. It is the natural antidepressant and it's good. Even if you don't want to do it, which is something we talked about on the show today with Krish. Krish Deo is just an amazing guy and it's our third installment on the show. And I, I just recorded with him like five minutes ago, and I already can't wait to get him back on. He's, uh, he's amazing, and that uh, comes through in the show. You can check him out on uh, Instagram, at Kin Krish, at Kin Consulting. I'll leave all of the links for everything in the show notes. Go check him out. But let's just get to it, because this is just one just life hack nugget, realness, honesty, 
just awesome podcast and I can't wait for you to hear it. So head on over to iTunes, review the show if you can. Uh, It really would mean the world to me. Share the show with a friend, Patreon, Movember, all that good stuff. I'll see you next week. I hope you have a good one. Let's break a sweat. Let's meditate. Let's slow down. Let's cue into what's going on around us. Yes, so without any further ado, please welcome Krishnal Deo! said that other platform that you're using that must be easier to uh link with all the other platforms and it's not even easier it's just um it records um basically my audio and your audio separately okay whereas skype it's like it melds it all into one thing right and also like i do have to pay for time on it but i it's i can send a link and no one has to download skype i mean okay. you might have to download a browser apparently but right. yeah no shit yeah but yeah you, you uh, got me out here shopping for desktops bro what do you yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I got you going to future shop <laughs> hey man uh just i'm just gotta make a quick stop at best buy i'll be there in a minute just <laughs> one second let me get this geek squad warranty just so i can talk to you shit man you, you're really scaling up here making it hard for me to reach you brother oh dude hey you gotta, you gotta keep up with me man like, yeah no man you just keep leveling up bro i can't yeah. keep up i'll tell you what you send me one of those trunk sweaters i'll send you a desktop i feel like that's a fair trade <laughs> yeah okay sure it's just gonna be a monitor i know you no, yeah, just... yeah 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 no it'll just be the box <laughs> yeah yeah just literally that yeah 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 oh, i man. love it so how's it going brother it's been a minute like you're saying last time we recorded was in may and i was still living in bc at that time so it's been uh it's been a minute yeah, literally, man. A lot of change for you, for me. Um, seasons changing, which always tends to affect people in all kinds of ways, man. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's been pretty crazy because I feel like when we last spoke, I was talking about my experience in Australia and like my near death experience. And yeah, a lot of time has kind of passed since then, and mm-hmm. and I've had like lots of time to kind of think and dwell about that. And things have been pretty good. I've I've been focusing a lot, and this is gonna sound so cliche. And everyone talks about it, but a lot on self-development and like in, in kind of different ways and being really uh, critical on myself in a constructive manner, you know, and, sure. I, and I think that's been really good, really, really good. So that I, I guess in a general sense, that's what I've been up to. And then that's bled into like every part of my life. So, oh, I mean, absolutely. Like it's the season, the season's change. Like we got to change with it. And if we want to get real cheesy with it, but like, uh, yeah, no, you know, absolutely. like, like it's it's always a grind it's always uh trying to reinvent yourself understand yourself all that so i'm i'm excited to hear like what you found out about yourself since you know not dying in australia (laughs) yeah well like so let's go on a tangent for a second um one of the things that we talked about in that podcast i remember i was uh speaking about uh okay i don't know how to segue into this i think i was speaking about Maybe it was relationship and I was like, I had to make a hard decision and let go of something. And I was like, you know, sometimes you got to do that. And then you were talking about like how it's so necessary for you to kind of go through that. So then you can like have something else into your life and, you know, like discover yourself. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was that time I spoke with you, I had let let go of someone at that time. And it's so funny because on that podcast, I was listening to it in prep for this one. And I was saying, I'm like, yeah, like you got to let go with it and you got to like stay true to your gut. And even though it sucks, like, you know, you know that feeling and you this is what you said. You're like, you have to remember that feeling because you'll remember that feeling. You will you'll you'll start to think of other things, but remember that feeling why it wasn't right. And so I did the opposite of that and I completely fucking relapsed. And I was just like, shit. So I went back into that uh, into that uh, relationship. And I spent another three months and then certain things happened that were already pre-existing, which had led to that initial break. And this time it was a lot harder because I gave it that second go. Um, you almost have to, I think in psychology, they call it insufficient justification, where if, if you don't have enough evidence for it, you come up with evidence to prove that you were right or to prove yeah. that this is the right choice. So because I gave it that second go, say if there was a red flag or say if something I didn't feel right or they didn't feel right, 
now that I had told myself, no, I have to give it a second go, I had to prove it to myself and make it work, which mm-hmm. is very dangerous because now you're just like hoping for the best and thinking things are going to change when maybe they're not and it should have been let at that time. So that was the next maybe two or three months and it eventually did lead to another like break, but this time it was a lot harder. And that was the one that like really like broke like broke down a lot of concepts that I had of myself, you know? And it was mm-hmm. a huge learning experience. Absolutely huge. Oh man, like uh, yeah, I I can I can relate to that a lot actually. Um and like you're saying it's it's like that confirmation bias. Uh, you, you can see a red flag, but you might ignore it and you just only look for the positive. You think, no, no, we're changing. We're, we're doing something different this time. It, it's all going to be gravy. Like yeah. it, it's the same thing's not going to happen, but usually it, it does. And it's, I, I kind of relate it to like a bad habit, right? You try and change yeah. a habit, but you already have those like uh, neural pathways ingrained that you're just sorry to jump back into it because it feels comfortable and it's Absolutely. what you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, we got to be okay with exploring that unknown, that scary bit. A hundred percent, man. Especially when it comes to relationships. Like I, I got caught in that as well. Like with uh, my ex, you know, got cheated on, got treated like trash, still tried to go back to her, still tried to make it work. Right. And then a second break. And then you're sitting there and you're like, I don't even know who I am anymore because I've changed so much to try to appease this person. And it's just, yeah. yeah. And you got to figure out who you are. It's crazy because what that led me into is like a lot of research, a lot of reading into just like trauma bonds and how um, and like because like you and I both have a psychology background and, you know, we read about like attachment and parenting styles. And I think it's it, it's different for me. What happened was because I was in, in my own regards, like I like to think of myself as being successful because I've, I've done what I've accomplished and what I've wanted to do in life for the most part. I'm very content. I'm very fulfilled. Like I. I look forward to going to work I'm more than comfortable in my like means of living. So I never really criticized my upbringing because I'm like, well, shit had to be right for me to get to here. Like, you know, so I don't ever look back and I'm like, oh, I, like if I was ever discriminated against or if I ever did have a rough childhood, I just say, oh, it's made me who I am. I always look at it as a positive light. But then I've kind of robbed myself from actually seeing like what how it might have created flaws in me, you know, because I'm just like, no, like if I'm good, like everything must have been good in the past. And so I had to really dig deep and been like, you know, maybe some things that happened in my past weren't good. Because I remember when I first moved from, uh, what was it? When I first moved from Toronto to, to, to here in BC, I was five, right? And like, I'm very young and I went straight from kindergarten right into grade one. And anyone that remembers me from grade one remembers, like my mom came and dropped me off to grade one. Because the cutoff there is September and the cutoff here is January for grades. So my birthday is in December. And so what that means is I went from kindergarten to grade one. So I was like the only grade one that could only count up to like 20. Everyone else could count up to 100. And I was with all these people that like seemed older than me and because my birthday so late. And I just started crying. Like I didn't want my mom to leave me in, in, in grade one. I'm like, I'm here in a new province. I don't know anybody. I'm five years old. And I remember I was clinging onto my mom's like leg and I didn't want to be left, 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 left. And she had to leave because like, you know, like I had to go to school. And like that's a memory that I never really dug up till after this breakup. Because what I started learning was about like anxious, avoidant kind of personality types. And I'm just like, you know what? Like that was such a big thing in my past. And I'm fairly certain I uh, suppressed it. And what happens is you have this huge fear of abandonment where um, I think maybe with my relationship, like what had happened was when that happened to close, it was like that same thing happening where I just wanted to hold on. Even if it was good, even if it was bad, regardless of the situation, I just didn't want to go through that fear of abandonment again. And it made me really think irrationally. And I started like crying. I started doing all this stuff, which was very like, uncharacteristic of me and that made me feel worse because it was so uncharacteristic of me i didn't know like exactly how you said what was happening to me i was so confused and i'm like why am i miserable why am i acting in this behavior when this is something that me and my ex-partner had both mutually agreed on to do like why am i behaving like all of a sudden the world is end and it came down to that core root of wanting belonging and and, and fear of abandonment and so that's what I, I found was that this this um, relationship or this episode in my life really brought me back to my upbringing because that's something I kind of ignore because I'm like, shit's good now. I'm just focused on who I want to be in the future. I don't really care to look in the past. 
but it forced me to look in the past to better understand myself, you know? Yeah. And like, thanks for sharing that. Cause that's, uh, you know, that's, that's some deep stuff and it's real. Um, Absolutely. Like when I was uh, working with addictions, the, one of the main roots of a lot of things is that abandonment that you're talking about. And a lot of people experience that sort of, even if it's just like your parents not checking as you on you on a, on a child when you have a full diaper, like even that right. as a child, we still have those emotions. Like we still sense that abandonment and we don't like it. No. And a lot of people will attach themselves to things that relieve this emotion. Like, um, like you're like, we got to figure out what that is in our lives because mm-hmm. sometimes like you're saying, like that's what holds you back. Like I was perusing through your, um, through your Instagram, like I did before, before I yeah, talked to you, because there's perfect. always so many, nuggets always so on many there. nuggets and quotes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, I've been open on here about like my past stuff with, um, you know, like, um, binge eating, bulimia, that kind of thing. Right. And mm-hmm. it's still, it's always present in the background. Like right. you were saying, like the, those, those neuropathies are always still there. And one of the things you were saying is like, you know, discipline equals self-love. And mm-hmm. ignoring those like current pleasures for the future gains. Right. And like that's one of the things that I find in my life is that fear of the unknown, that that like that uncomfortableness. I like to fill that with those current pleasures and right. try to like, like, you know, push everything else away, close the doors and just say, OK, I'm safe where I am right here. Right. Maybe I don't say that consciously, but that's kind right, of what right. I reflect on. That's what's going on in the background. Interesting, man. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just it's it ties to so many things like the, this this fear. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think like I, I was talking to a friend about it last night, and just having awareness of it helps. Like, imagine being hungry and not knowing what that is, mm. and being like, "What's this feeling? Why do I get this at this time of day? Like, what's going on?" Versus knowing that, "Oh, I'm hungry because I haven't ate for six hours. I can't eat for another two. But eventually I'll have food and this feeling will go away. It doesn't change the fact that you're hungry. The feeling is still there. But at least understanding why you're hungry, like why this is going on, it gives you a little bit of peace because you're like, okay, there's a reason for this. I can keep doing my day-to-day thing. But if you had no idea what purpose that that hunger pang had in your in your stomach, you'd be like, do I address this? Is there something wrong with me? It would It would kind of fuck up your whole day and you mm-hmm. wouldn't know how to go about it. So sometimes why talking and just having awareness, like you said, like these neural pathways are still there, but at least if we can recognize that they may be irrational or they don't serve us a purpose, that's the first step. And that's why awareness is so important is because being aware of why something is happening can let us kind of step back from it and be more of an observer view of like what's going on versus just reacting to it. Like, oh, fuck, this is happening to me. Like, what was me, you know, because I was in that as soon as it happened. And I'm like, naturally, I'm very critical and I like analyze the shit and I was taken away from that. And I was just like kind of suffering. And I'm like, man, like what's going on? What's going on? And eventually when I had that little break, I was able to, you know, go on YouTube and go and research some things, read some books. And I was like, okay, this actually is pertaining to me on a much deeper level because I knew it didn't have to do with my partner. Like she was never that negative or nothing like and and, like I don't want to make it I don't want to make my journey have to be so much about what someone else did like it has to be about me because then I have control over what I can do right if I put it on them and I say oh like it was their fault or like they were good and like it was like like it has to be about me because that's the only thing I can control and that's the only way I can heal is if I have power over myself you know yeah absolutely and like we talk so much about like health but one of the biggest things that we might ignore is like our emotional health. Oh man, and, that's like, big. Especially with like, you know, November here right now, we're talking about men's health issues specifically. Like a lot of guys don't know how to connect to those emotions. And like, I'm one of them. Like I, I have to stop and, and make myself feel sometimes because I get in this like, go, 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 just get to the finish line as fast as you can kind of mode. And I miss right. all the emotions. I'm not living in the moment anymore. So right. I guess I'm curious how you, slow yourself down and how you learn to listen to these things and because it sounds like you've done a lot of that self-reflection and yeah like, just absolutely. how do you get to that place i think um i think the very first thing i said when we just started talking about the seasons like kind of relating life to seasons allows you to understand that this is normal like the thought itself might be abnormal but the fact that you're having an abnormal thought is normal 
if that makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, irrational thoughts themselves are irrational. But the fact that we have irrational thoughts, that's normal. And, like, being sad or being depressed, yeah, that's something you want to address. But that the, the fact that we even have that, yeah, it's normal. Just like when a tree loses all its shit, but in summer it's actually bigger because the roots are still growing underneath the stuff that we don't see. And over time, it's still like, it's, it's that process. And we can't, we can't fight that. And I remember just watching, like, it, it was just a preview of a Ted talk, a two minute one. And it was saying how, um, how to kind of talk about uh, depression and anxiety. And it was saying the only people that don't feel depression, anxiety, sadness, grief are dead people. And I was like, yeah, you know what? That's right. Like everyone kind of has to go through that. Like, you can't skip that, like, you know? And sometimes I feel like with the self-love narrative that's going on is it's almost like we look at grief, we look at sadness, and we look at depression in such a negative light that if it happens to us, we almost feel abnormal that it's happening to us. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a huge distinction when you can understand that, no, like, this shit's fucking normal, that it's going to happen to you. And what you might be thinking about isn't normal, but the fact that something bad happens yeah, that's normal. And now what are you going to do about it? Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think I think that's where it came to. Like, I remember just going on a bunch of hikes, getting back in touch with nature and just looking outside because this is when summer was turning into fall and like falls now, you know, into winter. And I'm just like, yo, like these trees aren't always out, like just popping like this. Like shit's changing around us. Mm-hmm. We're made up of the same atoms as everything else in this planet. Why are we exempt from natural cyclical behaviors like Hmm. we're gonna go through a period of depression and Hmm. if that means like secluding and increasing sleep for a chance to be more introspective i feel like it has its purpose Hmm. you know that's that's really beautiful like (laughs) that's like it's true like we look around and like fall is one of the most beautiful times of year absolutely you know the the colors changing like i always said i feel at home in fall because it's like everything's dead around me but just like <laughs> i am inside right bro but it's like, long sleeve season for me and i fucking yeah, that's my shit bro like yeah. you say like i'm rocking the hoodie right yeah, now like yeah. this is my natural form um yeah. yeah one of the things you touched on there is just like we can feel like we're the only ones going through things or mm, we're the only yeah. ones that have these abnormal thoughts and I think that's just another form of abandonment where we feel like we're isolated in our problems and no one understands what we're going through when the reality is is that a lot of people have had this similar thought to what you've had. And not only that, but they've found a way to, around it, a way to cope with it, a way to grow through it. And I think that it, like, I, I can forget that myself as well, but it also brings me hope when I remember yeah. that. And yeah. like – when you know people like yourself are able to share what you've gone through it's it's it can give that hope to people and i hope that that comes through oh man because like as a man like you tend to downplay this stuff like i always used to downplay like relationship trauma because i'm like in the long like i just never thought of it as like big like you know for me grief was like a a loved one dying like you know and like everything else was like hey how do i help people in life and something like that i just thought it was petty until i went through it and then I'm like, fuck, like this, this is worse. Like it, it felt worse than literally like when I was like drowning in the ocean and I'm like, holy shit, like, why is this feeling worse? Like what's yeah. wrong with me? Yeah. And it, it's nice because I was able to bring it into my practice because um, you got to be very empathetic, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's just unreal how many people are dealing with this on a day-to-day basis that are so quiet about it. Because if you can... Like, if you can, like, just share your story and have other people kind of talk about it, it just helps. Because everyone has those feelings, like you said, of abandonment. And then you get really into those irrational thoughts. Like, am I ever going to, like, you know, find someone? Or am I worth am I worth loving? You know, you start to think mm-hmm. irrational, like, thoughts. And, and that's absolutely normal because all of us have them. And I remember I'm so, so, so lucky that people come to me and they all confide because they're coming to me for physical problems. They're laying on the table and then they feel that vulnerability. It's a natural place of healing. So then they want to tell me about these things. And then they'll ask, like, oh, how are you doing with your partner? And then I ask. And then these stories tend to naturally come out. And people share. And I'm like, wow, man, like, that's that's unreal. Like, that's very, like, traumatic what happened. And I, and I understand what you're going through. And they're like, oh, like, you, you've had a similar story? And I'm like, bro, like, 
not only me, like the 10 other guys that I've seen this week or the 10 other girls that have come this week, like the shit goes on, man. And I'm like, it's, it's something that I feel like, yeah, it's, it sucks to feel this way, but it's a part of life and like mm-hmm. how we move on from it. And, and that's why like it leads to even a bigger thing. Like that's why I feel like we need to be so connected in today's day and age, like mm-hmm. actually connected, not just like social media connected, because like when you're connected, then we have a real sense of like, community and when you have that sense of community you can like move on from these things and be like okay like this has happened in our community and like how can we like address it and like move on but yeah it's yeah it's it's unreal man it's unreal and yeah yeah, what's what's the band-aid for what's the cure for abandonment like in my opinion it's like if you have a community of people if one goes you have a fucking whole village right like it's it's not going to matter as much but if the only person goes that's the only person you know like fuck there goes your whole world yeah, it's it's so interesting because it's like you have to find, I guess, balance in everything you do. Like you can't live your life alone. You can't live your life surrounded by people at all times. You have to learn both like, you know, mm. live it within with yourself, living within a community. And at the same time, too, is you can't just like put on that fake face and be who the community wants you to be. Wants you to be, right? Right. Like I think about work, like with someone like yourself, you know, having people on your table, like working with them, that kind of thing. The way that you would come across to people if you just put on your professional face and didn't have that personal touch with it, it wouldn't come across the same. No. And like one of the things that I'm kind of like I'm really trying to work on in my life right now is separating work life from personal life and making sure that I like right now I am myself and I am separated from the work that I do. And like I don't want to bring work home with me. I don't want my work to affect my self-worth. Because when I do that, then I can come to work fully myself. Right. And you know what I mean? And the more rooted that I am in myself, the more that I can give when I'm in that community, if that makes sense. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. I think I think that's a good differentiation to make. And I really do think it depends on where you are as far as what you do for work and like what is your work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, I mean, I was... yeah, like, yeah, I think I think it does definitely depends on like what you do, but I also think it it doesn't matter if you're flipping burgers at McDonald's or like if, if you're running the damn country. Like, Absolutely. If you're able to know who you are and live yeah. fearlessly through that, like that, there's strength in that. Hundred percent. Absolutely, I agree with that. Absolutely, absolutely, man. And I and I feel that you whatever you do when it comes to work. Um, you have to be able to almost identify and relate that to like your being. So then it's more than just work. And I've been hearing that a lot because because when I was down and in my like kind of depressive episode, I guess you could say, and I'm a very like high functioning depressive person. So it's, it's weird because I have responsibilities and I can't like, I just can't not have those responsibilities. People are depending on me for them to go to work and for them to feel better. So I might, like, as soon as I get back from work, I remember falling asleep at, like, 6.30 or, like, 7 or even, like, 6. Like, I just, I would sleep, but I had to be up at 5 because, like, I had people to, that was depending on me. So even though I was, like, depressed, it was it was a weird depression because it was, like, a functioning depression, right? right. And and I feel like, where was I going with this? With with work, if, if I didn't identify with that being me fulfilling my purpose, it, it would have really drained like even more out of me, you know, like it would have been another one of those things that really drained me. But thankfully work for me is just an expression of my like duty to mankind, like my duty to myself, my duty to mankind. And so when I go to work and I don't even like saying the term work, like when I go and do what I do, it fulfills me, you know, and it like, it just adds to my cup, I guess you could say. But what I was noticing is, um, and this is where I was wanting to go with this is when I was in that kind of mode, people are like, the first thing they would come and attack was my work. They're like, oh, are you working too much? And I'm like, no, this mm-hmm. is like the one thing that fucking helps me. Like, it's not mm-hmm. I'm working too much. Like, like, and I don't, I, I think people almost have stigmatized like even work itself as to being like a bad thing. And I'm like, no, like, I'm like, like um, so there was a, I was talking to this one person who's a, who's a friend from a long time. And she was like, oh, maybe it's, I was saying how like, the things that are keeping me down are more interpersonal and social relationships and not work. Like work is the one thing that's filling my cup right now. 
and the social. And she was saying the opposite. And she's like, I think it's the opposite for most people. And I'm like, yeah, definitely not for me because at my work, people come with the need or they come in hoping to get better. Like they're, they're coming with that purpose. Like they want to get better. So I'm helping people that want to get better. Mm-hmm. But in a social situation, your friends, they're not necessarily talking to you because they want advice. When you give them advice, it's more out of a place where you think it might help them, but they not might be ready to be helped. You can't save someone that doesn't want to be saved, right? Yeah, like and tend so, like, to the garden that you can touch, like that that's, kind of idea. That's yeah. exactly it. And that's what, like, as a natural person that likes to heal and help people, when I'm surrounded by that in my social life, and, like, I do this as a work thing, I'm like, here I am, I'm wanting the best for you, and you don't even want that for yourself. That That's what drains my cup, is trying to mm. pour out into, like, something that has a hole in it. And I'm just like, okay. And, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting, man. It's very interesting. Yeah, like you were mentioning there, like when you go through that depressive period, like you just don't have the same amount of energy even. Just like you need to have a plan and like be smart with how you spend your day. You can't just go around willy-nilly, you know, trying to solve everyone's problems or whatever like the the thing is, right? Is you need to be tactful with what you do throughout your day. And yeah, because when you're trying to fill up a cup that has a hole in it, who's going to be felt drained at the end of the yeah, day absolutely. You know, both, both of you really right both like you. yeah exactly yeah and like that's where like that self-care that self-love comes in and like i think that's a portion that we can just overlook so quickly um Man, yeah that's so true and and like taking it back to that self-discipline part of self-love yeah. like the part that i was most proud of even after what had happened and I didn't want to do anything, man. Like I just wanted to like lay in bed and just like be a baby. But I went to the gym, even when I didn't want to go to the gym, like it took everything in me to overcome inertia. And like anyone that's felt that way will be like, no, it's impossible. Like, wow, how could you go? Like, no, I, I went, like I forced myself to go. Like, it wasn't like, there was nothing in me that told me like I should go. Every like cell in my body was like, don't go. Mm-hmm. I did that. And I felt, no better after even going to the gym like it wasn't even like oh i'm so happy i went i was like fuck i just went to the gym whatever came home but i kept that process and after weeks of doing that i was so proud of myself for still showing up at work still showing up to the gym and still eating mostly nutritious food because after a month and a half of that depressive period almost two months of that depressive period i was 10 pounds leaner i was stronger and I actually came out better. And it's mm. just like the tree that in winter, all the shit over top people might see was all gone. But the mm. roots were growing. The foundations yeah. were growing. I was still growing as a person because yeah. I was forcing that growth in the least favorable conditions. Yeah. So I didn't let it stop me. And like I feel like that's so necessary for people. It's It doesn't mean just stop everything. Self-love doesn't mean just like stop and eat a bag of chips or like have a bath or just you know, forgive each other and be like, no, it's okay. It, it means like, no, shit sucks right now. And now you need to hold it in even tighter because it's going to matter even more when you are good that you did this, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's very hard. And I, and, I, and I empathize with people. And it's very hard because if you don't have the right support systems or the right family, like those things are like, it, it's very hard. And I'm not judging anyone that can't do that. I'm just saying like, mm-hmm. it, it, this is like, life isn't easy. Yeah. This is what they mean by life isn't easy. It's you have to do this. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. Especially when you're in a place where maybe you're not feeling right emotionally, and all that you want is to cling to something that's going to give you that temporary relief of your feelings. It's you got to look at it and say, "Is this going to bring me to the place that I want it to to take me to?" Like right. you know, like what what are my goals? Like what what am I working towards? Because when you lose sight of that, like you said, that inertia, it can just it's like those waves in the ocean, man. Like it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. you, like, yeah. you got to have a plan. And like, I, even myself in my life right now, like I, I, I've had, I've had a, a bit of a stressful two weeks where like getting used to the workload, getting used to all the things that are going on in my life. I like lie down in bed and my head is still swimming with work oh, and like, it's, yeah. you know, affects my sleep, wake up the next day, a little more tired, wake up the next day, a little more tired, get home it's it's a weird thing because I come home with energy. Yeah, yeah. But I did something new and you're happy about it. Hey, yeah, yeah. But I also am not like doing the, you know, the things that 
got me to a positive place in my life before I started this job. So right. like over this next week, it's going to be focusing on like, you know, like let's get a sweat on, right. you know, let's like, yeah, you know, let's make a proper meal when you get home. You know, you don't got to right. break out the trail mix right away. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. like it's, it's, and it, and it is, it is self-love. It's, that's self-discipline because hey, we love discipline. We're like, yeah, like we're we're plants with emotions. Like <laughs> you know, like we 100%, yeah, we have certain things that we got to do throughout a day that will bring us joy. It will bring us growth, but we have to expose ourselves to those things, especially Absolutely. like with the seasons changing, sunshine going down. Like get outside, get some mm-hmm. sun while you can, get right. that fresh air. You right. know, put on a damn jacket, go out in the cold. Like right there's benefit to it. Like you were saying, you went out in nature the other day. Like there's, there's so much healing in just that. Yeah, man. It, it, it's unreal, man. And like you said, like, um, speaking of like, like going off the trail mix and the eating, like it, it's so important. Cause like when, when we're talking about like self love and like, I, I almost don't even like the term cause of like how, like how fucked up people yeah, have taken yeah, it. Like it, it yeah. just drives me nuts, but I'm like, here with you. um, like, if you really loved your car, for example, what fuel are you putting in it? Are you putting in the regular? Or are you putting in premium? Right? Oh, yeah. Like you're putting in, if you love your car and you want it to drive good, you're putting in premium. If you hate your car, it's a piece of shit. I'm just going to flip it anyways. Like it's only for point A to point B just to, just for these next couple of years. I'm buying something new or whatever it is. You're going to put in whatever you need to get it through to get it like just, just the day. Now, if you love your body, you will eat good food because you want the best for your body. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this old narrative of self-love or the improper one, not the evidence-based, um, actual, like, proper psychological version of, like, helping yourself, but this this Instagram shit where it's just, like... like Hashtag like, self-love, look like, at my booty. Like, like, it's okay to eat this shit. Like, yeah. no, like, if you love yourself, you eat better for yourself. Yeah. If you hate yourself, you eat like shit because you're, you're like, oh, I'm miserable. I don't even like myself. And then you eat. But mm-hmm. for some reason, it's it's got mixed up or misconstrued that, oh, no, if you love yourself, you'll give yourself treats. It's like, no, no, that's self-destruction. Like, that's self-hate. Like, that's yeah. not that's not self-love. Just because love is such a nice and positive, endearing word, it doesn't mean that love and discipline are not the same. Like, it just does, like, you know, like, it's such a nice, positive word, and it feels so warm and fuzzy. But it's like, fuck, love means hard shit, too. Like, like it doesn't just mean, like, easy. Like, that's not, I don't know where love and easy got, like, like somehow mixed to be the same thing. Yeah, no, because it does feel like that self-love movement just became an excuse not an excuse. to yeah. and not to like be hard-lined on something. And like I totally agree with that. And like I think probably where it does get like easy to buy into that excuse thinking is like, oh well, if I restrict myself and then I have something I don't like, well, I just beat myself up over it, and it affects my self-worth. It's like okay, well, that's a whole other issue. It doesn't mean right. you gotta dig into that bag of chips to feel some self-love. Right. Right. Like self-love maybe is reflection. Maybe self-love is meditation. Maybe self-love right. is going for a run. Maybe it's talking with someone like right. whatever that is, is we don't got to go to that same well just to, you know, fill the feelings, fill the void, whatever is going on. Absolutely. And like, I think that's one of the coolest things about growing up is learning not only what you do like, but learning what doesn't work for you. Right. And like being able to cut that stuff off. And yeah. I, it's yeah, like get, get it, growing older is like I, I know I'm saying this as like a 27 year old guy, but I mean yeah, like yeah. it's like you know what I don't want to stay up till 11 o'clock. I want to go to bed because I like feeling rested, and when I don't sleep, I'm not my best. So like I'm gonna go to bed a little earlier tonight. Like yeah, just learning what doesn't work for you, and it can be a little like back ass words, but like it it works. So this last month, I probably slept past 10 p.m once mm. and i was in bed 8 30 to 9 mm. and i work at least 12 hours a day because i'm up at five and like there is no reason why i shouldn't have been doing that before and i've i felt remarkable waking up in the morning mm. i still feel like you know sad about certain things and like, things like that it didn't change any of that but my body felt very well nourished and rested you know mm. and Last night was a huge anomaly because I went to bed at two. I saw one of my childhood friends that I know for like 20 years and I hadn't seen him in a couple months. We just had one of those nights where you just catch up and then, you know, like 
the conversation's going and it's, and it's very fulfilling. And yeah, like time just flew and it was like 10 and then we look at it again and it's 12 and we look at it again and it's two. Yeah. And I went to bed and I woke like my body's naturally like waking up, like it woke up later than it usually does, which was seven instead of five. And I felt sick, man. Like my body was hot. I was sweating and I was stuffed. And like it wasn't because like the window was open, like it was closed. And I just felt sick. Like my body felt like it was fighting off an infection. And I'm like, I don't want to ever do this ever. Like mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense. Like yeah. I, I just and it, I don't even know if it's because I'm old or not. Like it's just like I just don't want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. No, like. I just last night I uh, I went out for uh, Bria's RT pub crawl. Shouts out to all the respiratory therapists. Uh, hey. y- y'all are doing uh, the Lord's work with your breathings and all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> and anyways, went out and did like a little pub crawl. And like I was like, I really don't feel like drinking tonight. Like I, I had a couple beers and then I just uh, DD'd for the rest of the night. Um, yeah, we got home at like two o'clock. Yeah. And like I woke up today and I feel hungover. Like yeah. I just like, you know, like, okay, hoodie on, blankets on, like uh, let's just ride this day out. And it's like I'm watching the time go on. I'm like, I got this podcast with Krish coming up, and I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna do my best if I don't at least do yeah. something. So I got yeah. up, I did some dishes, and then there I took a shower, go. and then I like, you know, I uh, it's like thinking about what I'm gonna cook later in the week, and then you send me a thing on Instagram saying, oh, I just got a sweat on, I'll be home in 20 minutes. I'm like Okay, drop to the floor, do some push ups. Push-ups, you know, yeah, like, yeah. You know, I try and get myself going yeah. a little bit. It's like, you know, we're not always going to feel a okay, but that doesn't mean that we got to just stop everything. Yeah. And like sometimes the easiest way to get back on track is just to do one thing. One tiny thing, bro. Yeah. Build that momentum from there. Cause like you said, that inertia, it can hold just still and like not about stillness. Yeah, man. Yeah. Inertia is a bitch, man. Cause like, it's not just physics. Like it's, I mean, it is physics, but like <laughs> if you want momentum, it just doesn't happen. Like you have to break inertia. Like you have to get going first. And that's the hardest, hardest part. It's cause like once the ball's rolling, it's rolling. Like it, it has momentum, but like just to get it going, just to get that first little step, man. And that's all it takes sometimes. It's just a little push, little push. And it's that piezoelectricity, you know, we don't get energy, we create energy. And like, yes, you know, what you do through your day, you create it. So I love it. So we've talked, like, we kind of circled around, like, your business a bit and all that. Right, and right, right. I know like, we haven't really touched base since May. Like, so what's some uh, cool things going on with the shop? Yeah, so some cool things going on with the shop. So um, one benefit is anytime I get, like, uh, in one of those funks, I try to transmute any kind of emotional or bad energy into work. Like I always try to transmute that shit, transform that shit and just put it into work. And um, if people know me, they're like, man, he works a lot. You can tell there's a lot of shit going on in my life because that's why I put that shit all into work. And so how that's um, reflected in my work is uh, one I've painted the entire clinic, so I actually had some people come and like we kind of rearranged some stuff and got it all painted. It used to be just kind of like a white cream color, and now it's um, I think the actual name of the paint was uh, graphic charcoal. So it's like a it's like a gray, um, okay. but it's like an earthy gray, and it's very nice because it's very cozy and calming, um, and it gives it like a very like modern kind of look to it, which I really like. So just changing up the whole aesthetic of it. So every time I go in the clinic, it feels different now. And it just kind of like triggers a different mindset, you know? Um, And then I'm taking a course on the 15th, 16th, 17th. So like coming up next week. And that's, uh, it's called adaptive body work. So I'll be learning. It's it's in line with my philosophy because a lot of what I do has to do with movement and how we can affect movement. I don't really look specifically at muscle, bone, tendon, nerve, artery, lymphatic system as individual units. But I try to take a step back and be like, okay, all this stuff is going on. It's literally like all going on. I can't possibly think of everything on its own. Let me just see if I change one thing, how that input affects the output in the person. So I look at just the big picture, like, okay, what's going wrong with the movement and how do we fix it? And this course has that same philosophy where it's like, okay, everything that you do in this course So say I'm like pushing on a certain body part or applying pressure, you're also moving that joint through space. So it's a very active form of treatment. Whereas most treatment today, unfortunately, is very passive. You're just laying on a table and getting stuff done to you. And that doesn't tend to stick. But when you're active and part of the treatment, so 
if I'm pressing on a trigger point, pressing on this point, and you're going through those movements that recreate it, and we can get that kind of uh, pain to go away in that movement, it's going to be a lot more valid. Like it's going to mm-hmm. apply a lot more to the actual uh, whatever the like sport movement that you're affected in because we're going through that exact thing you're moving and i'm moving and doing that together so super excited for that course um it actually works out pretty crazy because i'm getting a tattoo the monday after that course Mm. i'm getting a tattoo on my hand so this course allows me to use my feet as tools so how cool is that that my hand will be out of commission for a week and i'll be able to use my feet as tools so it's no excuses, man. It's just like, hey, I can't use my hands. Dude, my whole body is an asset. I'm going to use everything, like, you know? Yeah. So I can't wait for that. And that's that's so cool. Uh, like, the fact that, like, you know, all the, everything we've talked about so far is just how interconnected things are and how, like, you do one thing in one spot, it will affect another thing. And if you're able to move through the pain, you know, you, yeah, you, yeah, you have a more lasting effect. You get through it quicker. Like there's yeah, so many different yeah. like parallels here. All, all, all these parallels, and it's yeah. crazy because we're jumping from talking about relationships to to like physical healing, mm-hmm. to trauma, to jobs, and it's just like we start to understand that like life isn't all these components. Life mm-hmm. is life. It's everything's yeah. just together. Like you yeah. know is in one thing and all things like it, yeah. yeah just jump into it full like I, I love it and like i i'm just picturing in my head you just dropping like the people's elbow on someone in your clinic Yo, just to heal that's them exactly like, it that's I'm here exactly for it. it i'm gonna I'm have a couple uh um elbow bands on each arm and right yeah. before i do it i'll just whip it yeah. out throw it into the imaginary <laughs> audience and then just fucking drop an elbow if you smell <laughs> just oh man your tight hip flexor boom there you go i just Rip. can't wait because like like, like this is just like a knock on some therapists because like I'm always like always locating on some if they're not doing a good job, and like some therapists just think it's better the more pressure you put. Like right. they're just convinced like if I just like bash this person, like this is how I'm gonna be better. Like that's the dumbest thing ever. Is like it's not who can apply the most pressure that's gonna win. Like we're trying to make people better. We're not trying to like hurt them. Yeah. And and so like some clients will come in believing that we'll be like, oh my therapist like used the elbow and she like. Like, you know, she dug really hard into it. And I'm like, homie, if that's what you're into, lay down. Let me drive my heel into your back. Like, we'll see who can put more pressure if that's what you're into. So I'm just, that part's just funny to me. It's like, look, it's not about who can do more pressure. But if you want to go there, now I got the tools to be able to, yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to drop the atomic light, drop Hulk Hogan style. Like, we doing this shit, bro. Like, set up a hey. wrestling ring, man. Hey, if you just want me like to try my hardest just to break you, like, okay, we can try that. Right, but man, you're like, not going to get the results okay, you want. Get off the massage table. Get on this wooden table. Yeah. I'm going to jump on yeah. this ladder. And this yeah. is going to be TLC how you didn't know yeah. it. Like, it's like we, we just, just, just Jeff Hardy from the top Jeff Hardy, swanton bomb right there. <laughs> just, we're going to put you right through, man. That's, fuck, he was my favorite, bro. Yes, I love it so much. Uh, the Hardy Boys are my favorite. Hardy. Remember, I was Googling them and then the books would come up. It's like, yo, fuck the Hardy book books. I want to see Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Oh, man. Who is that? Who am I th- I'm thinking like Mankind. Like, just. Oh, God. Like, Mandible Claw. Like, just, oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> like, all of the. God, WWE was such a time in my childhood. <laughs> yo. Like, like I used Edge, to, I, Christian. I just, yes. Edge, Christian. Um, like, Kane. Kane. Yeah. All of them. Oh, like I, uh, I have this vivid memory of me walking downstairs and my dad's, you know, he's got on uh, WrestleMania and I'm like, life is good. Man, <laughs> like, yeah. Those are the good I used old to, times. I used to have parties at my house. Like not parties, but like, like birthday parties, I guess. Yeah. And like I had that PS2 multi-tap. We'd have like four or five people over, like, like four or five people playing, a lot more people over. And like, yeah, we'd have like battle royals and everybody would pick yeah. the favorite characters. And like yeah. that shit was fucking fire, man. And that was like couch, couch gaming where like everyone's there and like something goes wrong and like someone's beating you. You can literally put them in a headlock and yeah. get them to drop the controller. <laughs> like that's fun, man. It's yeah. not like headset shit. Like and I have no, no quarrels, no qualms against like online multiplayer. But it, it's a whole different kind of fun when the person's beside you. And you can put your hand on their eyes and just totally fuck them up yeah. while you're playing. Like it's just it's way yeah. more fun. And if it doesn't work out in the game, you take them out to the trampoline out back and oh, really settle it. Yeah, you just straight body slam them on the trampoline. <laughs> and watch a few T fly. Wait, wait. Yeah. Let me do a choke slam. Let me do a choke slam. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Let, me, oh. let me try doing this flip. And then as soon as you get close to it, it's like, no, dude, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> oh, I used oh, to do like the walls of Jericho on everyone. Oh, who man. Oh, oh, dude, me, okay, so me and the friend that caught up last night, we were, we, I guess we were bullies, man. Like, not intentionally, but um, it was, we were, everyone would practice WWE moves. So we'd go up to like our other friends and literally like he would grab one arm, I'd grab one arm, we'd throw it over our shoulder and we would just double suplex people. <laughs> literally, I am not kidding. We would literally run up to a random person or someone that we knew and we would just suplex them, like full on suplex. And then just like, like imagine that you're just playing soccer and two guys come up to you and next thing you know, you're a completely 180 in the air falling down. No kidding. We would legit suplex people, bro. It was just what it was. Like, just what it was. Oh, that's yeah. hilarious. Just, just, like, there's, there's tryhards in PE, and then there's the dudes who put you on a, in a smackdown in the middle yo, of your class. Yo, straight out, man. And then straight when the track out. and field class came and they put that pad out for the high jump. Oh, oh God, it's over. Oh, that was it. Someone that's was always it. going into that thing. Oh, always, <laughs> always. That was an invitation to get slammed. Like, that yeah. was not a high jump. That was less a body slam you onto this. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Oh, I, man. I think I got most of my, like playground wrestling out in actual wrestling class uh, but i used to i used to go around school and like look for people who were like eating let's say carrots right. and just like give them like the underhand like <laughs> boom, <laughs> like the up, like, not an uppercut but you yeah know, just, yeah and one time i was in the calf and i went to my, i think it was my buddy james i no, it was my buddy drew i hit the carrots out of his hand and it went all over the cafeteria. Oh man! And as soon as I did that, like the vice principal rounded the corner, and I just went instantly into, "Oh man, your carrots went everywhere. Let me help you get those." And just like trying to play it <laughs> off, like I didn't just wow. smack the carrots. Just do it fan. yourself. Yeah, like, absolutely. Oh man, like, when you think about those elementary, middle school stories of like the fights and things like that, that shit was funny, man. I remember, yeah. I remember one time, I was, uh, what is it, like hall monitor or like lunch monitor. So every like class would have one for their like classroom so like other people wouldn't come into your classroom during lunch it was just this weird thing we had and i remember this one guy wanted to start beef so he came into came into the classroom he's like what are you gonna do about it and i'm like man i'm gonna take you out and he's like oh yeah and i'm like yeah and like i pushed him and then like i pushed him perfectly because i saw that there was a garbage bin behind him so he fell right into the garbage bin bro (laughs) and then i opened the door and i took out the garbage like i literally pushed the can over and rolled it outside and I'm like, yo, I'm taking out the trash, bro. And I thought it was the coolest shit ever. And oh dude, like fast chronic. forward, fast forward 10 years, I have this girl come in for a treatment. Maybe like, yeah, she came in for a treatment. And she's like, did you go to Hanson? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, were you that guy that threw the dude in the garbage bin? And I was like, oh my fucking God. Like, wow. I'm like, yes, that was me. But I was like, holy shit, bro. Like, here I am treating someone that I don't know. And she's like, you're that guy that threw the dude in the garbage bin, right? And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, yes, and now I'm your kinesiologist. Like, nice to meet you. <laughs> like, Yes, that was the peak of my life. <laughs> yes, like, that shit was funny, man. And I'm like, man, I totally forgot. I threw someone in the garbage bin. Like, all right. Here we go. It's, it's so weird looking back on high school, especially when like you're in it and you think that everything you do is going to like matter and <laughs> like every little social interaction is life or death. It's like, man, that was an anxious time to be alive. Absolutely. Uh, and then Absolutely. you like, you grow up a bit, you get a little more perspective and you zoom out and it's like, there's more to life than caring what other people think about you. There's, there's more to life than uh, social, mm-hmm. social, hierarchies and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, dude. It's... And it's crazy because you can understand that and still be in it. Like, you know, yeah. like I understand that as exactly how you're describing it, but I'm also still like reacting to a lot of this stuff as if I don't understand it. Like, yep. you know, and yep. it's crazy. And I feel like, like I'll look at my dad and I'll be like, how many friends does he have from his childhood back when he was like 30 or like even 15, like those like eras of his life. And there's none. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, even the shit I do now and people I talk to, it's all circumstantial. Like, and I don't mean it in a negative pessimistic way. I just mean like based on circumstance, you're my friend now. And as life goes on based on circumstance, you won't be my friend again. So right. I'm not going to try to be, it's not to be pessimistic. It's just to be more like stoic and not be as attached to people. Like, yeah. you know, because yeah. everything in life is like you, everything moves, you know. Yep, absolutely. And like we can talk about this all we want, but we can also just like flip over to Instagram and be like, "Ooh, but how many followers did I get? Like, how many likes did I get on this post?" Right? It's, mm-hmm. it's so easy to flip back into that. Yeah. And like it's, 
I'm definitely growing more and more into team. I don't care what people think about me. Yeah. And that, and yeah. that just really helps me to live like myself and be, Absolutely. you know, honest, be open. And I, I can't speak enough just to being open and honest. Like, and like, yeah. that's why I want to thank you as well, man. Cause you have been like super open on the show here. And like, that's, that's what this is about. And totally, I, uh, man. I just really appreciate you bringing that story here. Um, so with that in mind, What's one tip you have for a satisfying and healthy life? One tip I have in mind for a satisfying and healthy life. Yeah. Would be to find. Sorry, no, not find. Would be to do things that make you feel worthful to society. Mm. That, that's what I think. I, I think if you can do things that make yourself seem smaller and the world seem bigger and the fact that in, and like you can do things that make you feel that you're a benefit to society, uh, I mm. feel like that trickles down to a lot of different parts in life mm. and I feel that will keep you going. Because when shit gets tough, if you have a role in your society, you're not going to let yourself succumb because you have a purpose that's greater than yourself. And I think that if you can relate yourself to more than just who you are and what you can provide to people, um, I think that's a really positive way to look at yourself that, no, I have a purpose in this community and it's not just a purpose to myself, but I have a purpose to community. I have a purpose to, if you're religious, I have a purpose to God. If you're like, you know, I have a purpose to myself, I have a purpose to my, um, to my parents then those are all things that are very positive influences that will help you ne- uh, override the negative and yeah. keep you going. And I that's actually, that. um, that's actually, uh, that's the motivation for the tattoo I'm getting. So perfect. Man. I, yeah. I love that. Uh, like we've, we've talked about community a couple times already on this episode and like, yeah, like we're, we're people, we're tribal. Like we're, we're not that far removed from, you know, living yeah. in tribes and all that. Right. Like we, we, we need people in our lives. We can't do this thing alone. And yeah, there's purpose in a group and there's, you know, roles within a group as well. And finding your role, finding what works for you, finding how you can contribute. I totally agree with that. Yeah. You you just finished that second part for me perfectly, man. That's that's (laughs) literally what I wanted to say is find that, that, the part where you can do it and then see what skills you have that allow you yeah. to do it. And with everyone, it's different for me. Yeah. It might be like physical helping someone with the body for someone. It might be an artistic expression with like music for someone. It might be like a counseling someone. It might be like, it's just so many different things you can express yeah. and help people. You're bang on man. Like it's unreal what you said. Oh, like, but it's so true too. It's like when we're able to get outside of ourselves for that moment, and think, how can I help? How can I make this person's life better for a moment? Mm-hmm. We get half of those emotions ourselves just from helping. Yeah. And like, like, hey, you want to be happy? Try and try and cheer someone up. You know, mm-hmm. like, you want to feel like you have purpose? Go and like, go and help that old lady walk across the street with her bag. Like, like, if you want to feel something, go find that role. Like, find something right. that'll bring you that. And uh, yeah, uh, I love that. Thank you. That's yeah. that's a great tip. Um, yeah, everyone this week, go and find go and find a way to contribute to the group, contribute yeah. to society, contribute Absolutely. to your community. Absolutely. Um, do your part. All right, so where can people find you online? Uh, right, so people can find me on my personal Instagram, at Kinkrish. So that's K-I-N-K-R-I-S-H. And then my business Instagram company handle is at kin.consulting. So yeah. those are my two Instagrams. And then the website is kinsulting.com so k-i-n-s-u-l-t-i-n-g.com mm-hmm. and you got merch too right i got merch i got yeah i got merch <laughs> yeah. go check out the merch you're gonna yeah. want the merch let's, let's be honest it's yeah. pretty great uh yeah. yes krish thank you so much for coming on the show um I, I love that you don't mind that people call you kin i think it's uh <laughs> i think it's endearing that you know yeah, like you, you wear your job on your sleeve like that yo uh, i got the shirt on and it literally says Ken, there it is. Yes. Perfect. Um, Yeah, Ken, I love love having you on the show. I already can't wait to get you back on. Um, You always bring that positive energy and that realness, and that's that's what I'm trying to build here. So thank you for doing that, and uh, I just wish you a great week. 
Matt, I appreciate it so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for allowing me to express myself, man. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime. Alrighty. Have a good one. Thanks, bro.